Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power, and here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining us on the program again today. Colin and myself are delighted to have your company. And just as we start, we just want to ask God to bless our time together this morning. Dear gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for another day. And Father, we just commit ourselves to you. We just ask for a fresh anointing of your spirit. Lead us in our study. Bless us as we go through this beautiful little book, Steps to Personal Revival, having a personal relationship with Jesus. Father, we just give ourselves to you and we just ask for you to bless us and lead us as you have done in the past. May you continue to do in your lives even now is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Colin, we are now in Chapter 3 of this little book, Steps to Personal Revival, being filled with the Holy Spirit by Helmut Horbel. And Chapter 3 asks the question, well, it actually says, our problems, are they solvable and how? So we want to know is how can we grow to be happy and strong Christians and how can the Holy Spirit fill our lives? It's a good question, Etienne. It's great to be here. Jesus speaks about the true vine in chapter 15 of the book of John. Right. So we're going to go to the book of John, chapter 15. And I'm just going to go from verse 1 and go to verse 4. Right. It says, Jesus says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the words which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Wow, so it actually emphasizes the fact that with, apart from Christ, we are incapable of bearing fruit. That's right. And I love what the Ellen White tells us in the Spirit of Prophecy from the book Desire of Ages, page 676. It says, Abiding in Christ means a constant receiving of His Spirit, a life unreserved, surrendered to His service. So that's a wonderful statement, but it goes on to say the channel of communication must be open continually. So that's mean continually speaking to God mm. and receiving the Holy Spirit between man and his God. As the vine branch constantly draws the sap from the living vine, so are we to cling to Jesus and receive from him by faith the strength and perfection of his own character. So basically, abiding in Christ means a constant Receiving of his spirit a life of unreserved surrender to his service What a beautiful statement And that's right, as we see Jesus, and Jesus was perfect, Mm. wasn't he? He was He had a perfect character And when we receive Jesus, we receive his perfect character in us According to what that spirit of prophecy says And don't we need it We Mm. do So this two-part divine solution for our central problem Is at the same time the way to be a happy Christian Or lead a happy Christian life Why? Well, Jesus commented on these words, The things I've spoken to you, that my joy may, may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. That's in John 15, yeah, verse 11. Who doesn't, re- who doesn't like being happy? That's, that's right. right. So John 15, 11, yeah. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Wow. So through these two steps, number one, continuing receiving the Holy Spirit and complete surrender, 
Christ lives in us, and it's the way to perfect happiness. Mm. Now, Colossians 1.27, Paul speaks about the riches of the glory about Christ in you. Let's just read that. Okay, this is a beautiful text. It says, To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Christ Mm. in you, the hope of glory. And so when we have Christ or Jesus living in us through the Holy Spirit, we have the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, which is what? Love, Love. Joy, joy, peace. Yes. Joy. See, we want the joy, don't we? We Absolute. all want joy. Well, yeah. if you have Jesus living in us, we have his joy. We have his peace. We have his love. We have his long suffering. We mm. have his righteousness. We have everything that Christ has. He gives us, gives that to us. Jesus comes to us with a whole bunch of gifts. That's right. That, that, that we receive when we receive him. And I think it's amazing that Jesus, in this parable of the vine, in the promise of the Holy Spirit, especially in John 14, and the works of the Holy Spirit in John 16. Mm. And so what we've got to learn, though, or the crucial point of this, is we need to daily surrender ourselves to God, including everything we are and have, and then we also daily ask and receive by faith the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is a daily, almost like, I don't like to use the word ritual mm. or habit, but it is... Like eating. You well, know, if you don't decide, eat food, yeah. you're going to wither away. Well, that's you? right. Yeah, and spiritually as well. If you don't eat the spiritual food, which Jesus gives us, then we'll also wither away spiritually. We'll be spiritually anorexic. Jesus said. And eat, could die. Eat of my flesh. Eat of the word. Mm. Eat of the word. And if you eat of the word daily and abide in Christ and ask him to abide in you through the Holy Spirit, yes, then your joy will increase. Well, you know, we have some things that God has given us the capability of deciding to do. For example, any person can decide what time of the day they're going to get up. Any person can decide the first thing they do when they get uh, wake up and get out of bed. They can decide that they will spend some time in prayer and study. So those things we can do, those disciplines are not wrong. Those disciplines, if anything, will help our relationship with the Mm. Lord. And, of course, if we love the Lord... Uh, we'll want to do those things The thing is though By nature we don't love the Lord So sometimes we've got to get into those disciplines And as we behold Jesus mm. We fall in love with him Or ask God to put the desire in your heart Absolutely To spend time I've prayed in his that word prayer a few times yeah. yes. yes That's right We need to ask him So we can be willing And so What we're going to look at is Why is it necessary to surrender ourselves to Jesus daily? Mm. Why do we need to surrender ourselves to Jesus daily? Well, Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he says these words. He says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So the first question, he's asking a question, if anyone desires to come after me. So the first question, do you desire Mm. to come after Jesus, to come after him, to follow him? Yes. And then he says, if you do, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? Hmm. Taking up your cross and follow me. And Jesus said that discipleship is a daily matter. What yes. he's saying is discipleship, which is a disciple is someone who follows someone else. And so we want to follow Jesus. Amen. We need to. It's a daily matter. He is the only solution to all our challenges. And he's the only one through whom we can receive eternal life. I mean, there's no alternative 
So while initially, while the package may not look so attractive until we start unwrapping it and seeing how mm. beautiful it is, mm. you know, we may not think that this is the solution to our challenges. We may be looking for happiness and joy in all the wrong places, you know. Yes. But that happiness does not does not it does not fill us. It doesn't give us contentment because we always keep on coming back looking for more and more. But Jesus says, if you receive it from me, it'll be like a spring of waters welling up within you. Yes. And of course, eternal life is the ultimate That's result right. because it's living water. That's right. So discipleship, number one, is a daily matter. Mm. It's a daily. And so to deny oneself means giving Jesus the control over our lives. It's saying we give you permission to take control of our lives. Now, carrying a cross doesn't mean that we'll have difficulties every day. What it means is to daily deny ourselves Mm. or our egos, as as Helmut Helbel puts it. Denying self and to submit gladly and willing to Jesus. What it is is saying is, you know what, Lord? I trust in you. Yes. I will put my trust in you. Mm. And why would we put our trust in you? Because we can trust God with our lives. That's right. We can trust him. As you get to know God and his character and his desire for your good, for your salvation, for your eternal life, you will trust him more and more, and you'll put more of your life in his hands until you've put everything in his hands. So it means trusting in his word. Mm. If God says... Uh, I have plans for you, to plans for you to prosper, not to harm you, but to give you a future. Mm, and a hope, yes. Then by surrendering daily and submitting to God and saying, you know, I, I deny myself and willingly give myself to Jesus, what you're saying is, I believe what you said in the Word. Yes. That you have plans to prosper, prosper me and give me the future. Mm. And um, so carrying a cross doesn't mean that we'll have difficulties every day. I mean, we will have difficulties. Jesus says sure. you will have trouble. Yeah. We're, we're in a world of sin, and there is a being on here called Satan, Lucifer, and his evil angels, and they have come, they're trying to destroy us. Mm. And so we're still going to have problems in this world. That's right. But um, we've got to gladly and willingly submit to Jesus and trust him. Just as Paul said about himself. Remember Paul says, I die Daily. Yes, in First Corinthians chapter fifteen and verse thirty one, I die daily. Yeah. Now we didn't yeah. physically die, didn't he? This is in the spiritual sense. It's self denial, that's really what it represents. Because we are crucified with Christ. I mean, Paul says that I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. So what happens is the the joy, the eternal joy that we receive through Jesus Christ is preceded by self denial, by our death, reconciling to the death of Christ at the cross. But then it doesn't stop there because after the burial there is resurrection. We've been resurrected with Christ to a newness of life. That's where the life is now that stony heart is taken away and the heart of flesh, the heart that can love God with all our heart, might, soul, and strength has been given to us. It is a wonderful new life. That's right. And the carnal Christian in Romans chapter seven struggles with this. Hmm. Don't they? He's under deep conviction, but I don't think it's full conversion. Yes, yes. and so he struggles with this in Romans seven. Paul talks about in Romans seven how how the carnal Christian, you know, is struggling with self. Yes, struggling to deny self and to surrender. And so, what's happening? The things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to, do, I keep on doing. That's right. This, yeah. in, this internal battle mm. of of not surrendering yes. to Jesus. And the reason why we don't surrender is really we don't trust. We don't have faith and trust in God that he'll take care of us. So, I mean, trust uh, signifies relationships. So it's important that we have that relationship with the Lord, a loving relationship, Mm. because legalism might substitute for wanting to be obedient to the Lord, but legalism doesn't work. 
Jesus said, as we read before, without me you can do nothing. But if it's a love relationship and we are motivated and prompted by love for God and love for our fellow man, that is the fulfillment of the law. That is righteousness. And trust and faith, it comes down to trust and faith. And naturally, though, you know, as humans, we're not. We don't trust easily. No. Because we look well, at we've our, been burnt. <laughs> exactly. We've all yeah. been burnt uh, yeah. and, by, and by loved ones close to us even, mm. even very close to us. We've all been let down. Yes. And so we've also been told, you know, you've got to do things yourself. Mm. Do it your way. You know, take charge of it. You know, do it your way. We, we've been told to do it this way. Just trust yourself. Don't trust anyone else. You know, yes, so it's, yeah. it's not easy to trust. Mm. But we can trust God. Yes. God is God's, not a man. God says, I have plans to prosper you and mm. give you a future, not to harm you. He, and God doesn't lie. He means that. That's right. So if we put our trust in him and die daily to ourselves and put that surrender and trust to God, then God promises to prosper you. Absolutely. Now, that might always look like prospering in our eyes because we look at prosper you as probably usually a financially, don't we? Yeah. If I'm prospering, that means I'm I've got money and houses mm. and cars and great job. Everything's going awesome in life. Yes. But if you look back and look at the people in the Bible, things didn't always go awesome in their life. No. Did it go awesome for Jesus in his life? I mean, he was constantly persecuted. That's right. Constantly. But mm. he had joy and peace in his life despite all that. That's right. He, he, he prospered spiritually and he was able to impart the principles of God's kingdom to the people around him. He even said to one disciple, he said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And this guy wanted to look at the... Uh, Temporal or the, the, the earthly prosperity And he, Jesus said to him Look I don't even have a place to lay down my head In other words he was homeless Yes, That's what he was saying to him Yes, But Jesus brought spiritual prosperity to people And ultimately he was then exalted And he's sitting on the right hand of the Father So our exaltation and our final reward Will come when Jesus comes that's you know, right. we may not have that earthly prosperity, but the promise is your bread and your water will be sure God will look after all of us Matthew chapter 6, he says Seek ye the kingdom of God and he says, in all these things, I'll take care of all the other That's things. Right. I know you need these things, God says. Everyone needs those things. That's and right. I'll, and typically I'll take... we seek those things first before the kingdom of God. But yes. if we seek the kingdom of God, God says, look, I even feed the birds, so I will look after I you. I can take care of you. Absolutely. And so we, we've got to think of it in a bigger picture sense because you look at the even in the book of Acts and look at the apostles, mm. their life was a life of trials and tribulations. Jesus says, you will have, you will have trouble. Yeah, in this but world. be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's yeah. right. But yeah. the disciples, what did they have, though, even amongst the troubles? And here's the thing that we all want. Mm. Despite following Jesus and knowing that there'll be trouble and persecution, because let's be honest, if you follow and deny yourself and follow Jesus, Jesus said you will have trouble. Yeah, in well, this world you will have persecution. And why will you have trouble? Tribulation. Because guess yeah. what? Satan's not going to be happy, and mm. his evil angels or demons or whatever you want to call them, Right, and their fallen angels are not going to be happy about that, and they're no. going to come after you. But all the disciples had peace. Yes, they did. Look at Peter. Mm. Then he's going to be he's going to be executed the next day. Right? Imagine if you're going to be executed the next yeah. day, chained to two guards on both sides. Yeah. Executed and- the next day. Well, what would you do? He slept like a baby. He did, just like an absolute baby. He just slept all night. Mm. An angel had to wake him up. All right. Had to really waking him up violently almost. Yeah. Wake up. He was such at peace with God because he trusted in God mm. that in God's plan and he had peace. So he had filled the Holy Spirit. And one of the one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace, yes. yes. Love, joy, peace, the third fruit mentioned. And the wonderful thing is, you know, it doesn't matter what you go through, God can give you peace. And the only thing is some people sometimes get a little bit fearful when they think, Oh, I'm gonna have evil angels come after me. God has protected you all your life. 
He will continue to protect you. And if you come under his shield and his pavilion as a born-again Christian, you actually have extra protection. It's just That's just a fact. And, and the Bible says to us in James chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yes. But perfect love casts out all fear. The first fruit of the Spirit is love, and that is a love that takes fear away. Why? Because we we have a foe that wants to attack us? No, because we trust in the Lord who's able to protect us from whatever the onslaught may be. That's right. And even mm. James said in uh, James chapter 1, he says in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, mm. knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So what happens is God allows sometimes... Uh, Trials to come in your life Yes Because that is to test your faith And it's all about character development Absolutely It's God is wanting to transform you Into his image Into the son of You know like Into the his son Jesus mm. And so he allows sometimes Trials to come our way To test us Yes That if we really put our faith in God Are we really trusting him and it, actually, it's for our own benefit mm. that God tr- does this. Trials brings the knowledge to us. It's a knowledge of ourselves that we didn't have before until the trial showed us some things within our character. But it's not easy because no one likes it when there's stuff happening in your life, trials. Well, and we true. all face it. That's we true. don't like it. But you have to look at it from a different perspective and say, mm. f- go to James chapter 1 and just look at it and say, consider joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> yeah, it's always, uh, well, did you feel joyful when you fell so into your last trial? No. But he's saying you want it to count a joy because what he's saying is look at what's happening mm. in reality. Let me just peel back the, 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 you know, the veneer, the curtain, and show you the big picture. And what James is saying, the big picture is God is allowing trials, sometimes trials that come into your life for your benefit. Yes. And so that's why you could have joy because he'd say, hey, these trials are coming. God, you're trying to teach me something. You're trying to... You're trying to show me, you're trying to develop my character into the likeness of your character, mm. and this is the way that you're going to do it. Yeah. Well, when you've got that much confidence and that much trust in the Lord that come what may, this is God's will, he's measured it already to see whether you can deal with it or not, you will rejoice in that because you know you're in the Lord's hands. You know that first the text in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 and 18. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Verse 18 says, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we can give thanks in everything. Even when things go go difficult, you know, we, we find these trials and these challenges, mm. we can still, by relying on the Lord, have a strength and a power that the world does not have. That's right. And I love what I love what Helmut Horbel says here. He says, when someone carried a cross in Jesus' day, then he had been sentenced to death. Mm. So that was a point, carry a cross. You've been sentenced to death yes. and was going to a place of execution. So it also has to do with accepting difficulties which arise from following Jesus. Mm. Difficulties will arise from following Jesus because Satan and his evil angels are going to come after you. Yeah. And um, and so what he's saying is there will be difficulties, but just remember, God has got it in control. Amen. So we receive our physical life at birth, don't we? We do. Remember, and in order to maintain our life, strength, and health, we normally eat every day. <laughs> we receive a spiritual life when we are born again. Same thing. In order to keep our spiritual life, all right, strong and healthy, it's also necessary to take care of the inner person daily. Yes. We eat daily, all right? You just that's what I mean, being born again, you're born once, but we've got to keep on eating. That's right. Daily. 
Yeah, our, our strength needs to be renewed daily, day That's by right. day. Hmm. And if this doesn't take place in our physical life as well as in our spiritual life, then we'll become weak, sick, hmm. or even die. Yes. We can neither eat meals ahead as reserve meals, nor can we stockpile the Holy Ghost. You only get what you need for today. That's, yeah, that's because right. Because that's all we've got. Hmm. There's no point stockpiling it from the past, all right? And there's no, we can't stockpile the future. We just get what we need daily. Just like we have food, you can't just eat ahead and that'll take care of the next <laughs> bite. You know, I'll just keep eating all day today and that'll take yeah. care for the rest of my life. Mm, doesn't no. work that way, yeah. So in the book of, of the Acts of Apostles, an awesome book written by Ellen White, there's a valuable advice in this. Let's just read what she says there. Okay, this is from Acts of the Apostles, page 284. It says, As in the natural, so in the spiritual world. The natural life is preserved moment by moment by divine power, yet it is not sustained by a direct miracle, but through the use of blessings placed within our reach. So the spiritual life is sustained by the use of those means that providence has supplied. Wow, that's good. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's so great. So you're just sitting in the natural world, you know, eating, using it to the spiritual world. And there's another great comment from the book of Desire of Ages that uh, really impressed Helmut Horbel. Okay, this is from page 313. It says, We are to follow Christ day by day. God does not bestow help for tomorrow. Mm. And then Ellen White said these words, didn't she? To follow Jesus requires wholehearted conversion at the start mm. and a repetition of this conversion every day. Wow. Every so that explains day. the I die daily part that Paul talks about. Yeah. That's why we need to be baptized every day, mm. be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. And so how complete may be our consecration, our conversion? It will avail us nothing unless it is renewed daily. Yes. Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Let your prayer be, take me, O Lord, as wholly thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me, and let all my work be wrought in thee. This is a daily matter. Each morning consecrate yourself to God for that day. Surrender all your plans to him. That day to be carried out or given up as his providence shall indicate. Thus day by day you shall be giving your life into the hands of God, and thus your life will be molded more and more after the life of of Christ. Right, so that is from Steps to Christ, page 70. What a beautiful reading. That's really good. So, and I love what Morris Venden said as well. If you could just read that, what Morris Venden said. He was a famous Christian author. He says, if you haven't discovered the necessity of daily conversion, it can be a major breakthrough in your life. Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, page 101, makes this promise. If you seek the Lord and be converted every day, all your murmurings will be stilled. All your difficulties will be moved. All your perplexing problems that now confront you will be solved. That's an incredible promise, isn't yes. it? Uh, and just trusting again in God, isn't it? Putting your trust and surrendering to God. And, and then when you do that, you can have peace despite what's happening. Mm. You've got peace. God's got it. That's right. So remaining with Jesus through a daily renewal of our surrender is just as important as it was when we first came to him. When we first came to him, we surrendered everything. Mm. But what the Bible's saying in the Spirit of Prophecy and other authors is that this is a daily recommitment and daily being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I love what Morris Vendant said further. The abiding daily relationship with God leads to abiding surrender, moment by moment, dependence on him. Mm. We may be certain that when we consciously surrender ourselves to Jesus every morning, then we are doing what we wishes us, he wishes us to do. Because he said what? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says what? 
come, come to me. All you are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's right. Mm. And he says also in verse 28, And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Yes. When you come to Jesus, he won't cast you out. And I believe the Lord is willing to do great things for us. We shall not gain the victory through numbers, but through the full surrender to the soul to Jesus. Mm. We're to go forward in his strength, trusting in the mighty God of Israel. And uh, I love it also in, um, this is from Dr. S. Joe Joseph Kidder. He wrote those words. Okay. So God can do more with one man who has committed himself 100% to God than he can do with the whole army of men who have only committed themselves 99% to God. Wow. That was describing John Wesley, wasn't it? Yes. John Wesley said, God can do more with one man who has committed himself 100% to God than he can do with the whole army of men who have only committed themselves 99% to God. Mm. That's Because really that's the power of God. It's uh, immense and incredible, and I'm just gonna we're just gonna finish off with this part of the uh, part of before we take a break. And I love what Ellen White said in the Spirit of Prophecy when she says in the Desire of Ages, uh, page eight hundred and twenty-seven. Only those who will become co-workers with Christ, only those who will say, "Lord, all I have and all I am is Thine," will be acknowledged as sons and daughters of God. Wow. Then she continues on. All who can concentrate soul, body, and spirit of God will be constantly receiving a new endowment of physical and mental power. The Holy Spirit puts forth its highest energies to work in the heart and mind. The grace of God enlarges and multiplies their faculties. And every perfection of divine nature comes to their assistance in the work of saving souls. Mm. And in their human weakness, they are enabled to do the deeds of of the omnipotent one. So in other words, to do the deeds of God. Wow. So in the human weakness, because we can do nothing, as Jesus told us there in John chapter 15, in the human weakness, they are enabled. So his biddings are enablings to do the deeds of omnipotence. So that's the power of God working in their lives. What a wonderful blessing. Dear listener, we pray that you've been blessed by this. Now, those quotes we just had there before, for those people who are interested, is from Desire of Ages. The first one was page 523, and the last one there was from page 827. We're just going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. It's said you're a genius if you have an IQ of 140 or over. The famous English scientist Stephen Hawking, who died in 2018, had an IQ of 160. Yet he was an avowed atheist. He said a belief in the afterlife was a fairy story for people afraid of the dark, which shows that the Bible isn't only about intelligence. It's a deep book with enough to challenge the very brightest mind, but ultimately belief in God is a matter of faith. There's enough in the Bible to validate itself and make believing the Bible pretty easy. But ultimately, we know and understand God by faith. Hebrews 11.3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let your considerable intelligence be united to faith in God and His Word. That's genius. I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Let's live today by every word. Dear listener, welcome back to the second half of the program. We are looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we're also talking about taking up our cross daily and following Jesus. Now, Colin, why do we have to deny self daily, and why do we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit daily? Well, the request to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a request to, 
for Jesus to stay by me and in me because he lives in me through the Holy Ghost. But why daily? That's a good question. I love what Ellen White says in the Acts of the Apostles. Let's just read what she says here. Okay, so to the consecrated worker, there is a wonderful consolation in the knowledge that even Christ during his life on earth sought his father daily for fresh supplies of needed grace. His own example is an assurance that earnest, persevering supplication to God in faith, faith that leads to entire dependence upon God, and unreserved consecration to his work will avail to bring men the Holy Spirit's aid and the battle against sin. So if this was necessary for Jesus daily to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Mm. well, how much more important is it for us? Yes. You know, we need to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit because it's a matter of dependence, isn't it? It is. Because if you don't asking daily then you're depending on something that happened maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Or, That's right. Do you know what I mean? You become self-dependent. Mm. Where daily, Jesus spent time asking God to be filled with the Holy Spirit daily so he could share grace with others. And Jesus is our example. And what Jesus is saying is we need to do the same thing. And when we go and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, chapter 4, verse 16 okay. there's an important statement that Paul says about what we need to do. And this is written during a time when Paul was suffering a fair bit of persecution. Mm. He says there, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So the, so the inward man needs daily care, doesn't it? That's right. In what way does this daily renewal take place? Well, according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, 17, and 19, The Bible tells us that it happens through the Holy Spirit. Let's just read what it says. Okay. Verse 16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. And in verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says the inward man is being renewed by, day by day. Mm. And then he confirms that in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 19, how that happens. Yes. He says it happens through you renew daily through the Holy Spirit, that you're filled with the fullness of God. That's how Jesus comes and lives in us. So as a consequence, as a rule, it's necessary to pray daily for a renewal of the Holy Spirit. Seeing from these Bible verses in the Spirit of Prophecy, we learn that we need to pray daily for a renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And what's the result? Well, as the result, Jesus lives in us. Hmm. And what does he do? He gives us power according to the riches of his glory for our inner man. The power of God is a supernatural power. Amen. So what we're asking for is supernatural power right, in the inner man. And we also read in the Bible, thus God's love is put in our hearts. Romans mm. chapter 5 says that, God, five, yeah. that God's love is poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which that, has been given to us. That's right. Yes. And remember, a fruit of the Spirit is love. love. Yeah. And again, we can read in uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, and Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, and it's the way to life with all the fullness of God. Yes, it says that Jesus says that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then he says, I have come. So in other words, in contrast to that, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10, we read the following. 
and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Wow. I just love that. I just love that. Mm. This, this daily inward filling of the Holy Spirit, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that we can have the fruit of the Spirit and carry out God's will on life. And I love this. Another important text found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Right. Now, take note that this is more than just advice. It's a divine command. And our God expects us to, to want to live with the Holy Spirit. The Greek experts say that this text says more precisely, and I'm going to just quote from Johannes uh, Mega. Let yourselves be constantly and continually filled anew with the Holy Ghost. So the Greek is using a verb, continuous action. Mm. It's not just a one-off, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says keep on being filled with the Spirit, continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to be completely filled with him, by him, it's not just a one-time experience, but rather something that has to be continually repeated. Just as Paul illustrates in Ephesians chapter 5, 18, with the tense of the Greek verb, filled. Now, we know the Apostle Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 5, even though he wrote the following, chap- following in chapter, chapter 1, verse 13, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Yes. So he said that in chapter 1, mm. but then he goes on in chapter 5, and so evidently the Ephesians had already received the Holy Spirit, haven't they? Yes. Nevertheless, it was necessary for them to be strengthened with might through his Spirit and to be filled with his Spirit and let yourselves be constantly or consistently and continually filled with the Holy Spirit in you. And in chapter 4, verse 30, he warns us not to grieve or insult the Holy Spirit. Yes, and it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit, showing yeah. that he's got personality and he has got feelings. Yeah, just uh, part of the Godhead. That's right. So what Paul was saying is chapter 1, yep, you received the Holy Spirit. But then he's saying in chapter 5, you need to continually keep on being, being filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, yeah, and seek to be filled, yes. Continually to be filled with the Holy Spirit in you daily. And I love what this, um, what Ellen White says um, about the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is Acts of the Apostles, page 50, paragraph 2. It says, For the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit, every worker should offer his petition to God. Right. And again, she says um, in Selected Messages, book 1, 1958, page 341, she says this. Okay, so in order that we may have the righteousness of Christ, we need daily to be transformed by the influence of the Spirit to be a partaker of the divine nature. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to elevate the taste, to sanctify the heart, to ennoble the whole man or the whole person. Wow. I love that. In order that we may receive the righteousness of Christ, we need daily to be transformed by the influence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Wow. We can be partakers of the divine nature. And I know Peter talks about that as well, that we can be partakers of the divine nature. And she says it's the work of the Holy Spirit to elevate the taste, to sanctify the heart, Mm. to ennoble the whole man. That sounds like righteous by faith there. She's talking about his imparted righteousness as well and not just his imputed or justifying righteousness. So we don't have the Holy Spirit. That can't take place. And also in another place, she says these words. Those who have been impressed by the Holy Scriptures as the voice of God and desire to follow its teachings are to be daily learning, daily receiving spiritual fervor and power, which have been provided for every true believer in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Where's that found? 
Okay, that's found in Signs of the Times, March 8, 1910, paragraph 1. When she continues on, she says, We are to follow Christ day by day. God does not bestow help for tomorrow. In another place, she says, A connection with the divine agency, talking about the Holy Spirit, every moment is essential to our progress. We may have had a measure of the Spirit of God, but by prayer and faith, we are continually to seek more of the Spirit. Mm. I think it's pretty obvious, Etienne, that from God's Word and from the Spirit of Prophecy and other authors that we did receive the Holy Spirit at conversion, yes. but we are to continually receive more of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are to grow, aren't we, and have more of the Spirit, less of self, as we become more aware of our own inadequacies and we see more of the righteousness of Christ. And to see more of the Spirit, to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, uh, she goes on to write this about the daily baptism of love. Yeah, well, this is from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 8, page 191. You need a daily baptism of the love that in the days of the apostles made them all of one accord. So so the early church, when you read in the book of Acts chapter 2, it talks about them being one accord on many occasions. Yes. And what was the reason why they were one accord? According to what we just read then, they were daily baptized with the Holy Spirit yeah. And love was the fruit of the Spirit, so they could be of one accord, mm. which means being filled with God's agape love. And we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that God's love is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, which was given to us. It always says that. So the Holy Spirit is a gift, and, of course, the gifts of the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit that comes with the Holy Spirit. And we find well. the same thing in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, where it talks about God's love. Uh, being poured out through the Holy Spirit. Yes, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Continue on. Yeah, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. That's right. So the daily baptism with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, causes at the same time a daily baptism of love, Mm. which means being filled with God's agape love. In addition, it says in Galatians 5.16, what happens as a result of this? Okay, it says walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So a result of walking in the Spirit is that the power of sin is broken in our lives, mm. that we might walk in the lusts or the, you know, of the flesh. So it's the power of sin is broken. So the next question I want to ask is this. What's the important importance of personal worship? So what importance does personal worship have if it's so important that I daily surrender Jesus and ask to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Mm. You know, so we know that daily worship and the observance of the Sabbath are the foundation of a spiritual life, according to God's Word. Yes. We've read in God's Word that God wants us daily to worship Him, to be filled with the Spirit, to spend time in His Word, in prayer, Amen. and be in an intimate relation with Him, to abide in Him, and He abide in us daily. But we also read in the Bible that God wants to spend one day a week fully with us. That's right. All right, and to put aside our work. Yeah, no distractions, no work distractions or worry about commercial things and that. And it's a sign of worship as well, isn't mm, it? That's because true. Because we know in, in our Genesis that God created the heavens and earth by His Word. Yes. And then He set aside the seventh day, and He said He hallowed it. Okay, and made it holy. That's right. Which means, and sanctified it, which means he set it aside for holy purpose. This was before sin even came in. That's right. And we know also, if you read in Isaiah, right at the end of the book of Isaiah, it even says in the new earth, after sin has been finished, mm. that that all men will come weekly to worship God on, yeah, the, seventh on the seventh day, day yeah. in, in community. And we see right through the Bible that God continually brings this in 
uh, through the Bible. It was in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. So we already read in Bible verses and verse quotes that show us the inner person is renewed day by day. So this clear casts a clear light on the great importance of our daily personal worship. Now the whole foundation of the worship service in the tabernacle was the morning and evening burnt offerings. Right? So every morning we know that they had burnt offerings in the morning. And even even the incense being light up, the priests which ascended to the prayer. So every morning and evening, right, there was worship. Morning and evening burnt offerings. Yes. And on Sabbath there was an additional Sabbath burnt offerings. We can find that in Numbers chapter twenty eight, verses four to ten, where they had a additional Sabbath burnt offerings. So there was daily burnt offerings, mm. morning and evening, and there was a weekly on the Sabbath a burnt offering. And so what importance did the burnt offering have? Well, we Ellen White says these words. The burnt offering represented the complete surrender of the sinner to the Lord. So what happens here? The person kept nothing for themselves, but rather everything belonged to God. Mm. And again, Ellen White continues on reading and says about these early hours in the morning and evening. She says these words. It says the hours appointed for the morning and evening sacrifice were regarded as sacred, and they came to be observed as the set time for worship throughout the Jewish nation. In this custom, Christians have an example for morning and evening prayer. Mm. While God condemns a mere round of ceremonies without the spirit of worship, he looks with great pleasure upon those who love him, bowing morning and evening to seek pardon for sins committed and to present their request for needed blessings. Wow. So, so she links how the Jewish nation had the morning and evening sacrifice, mm. all right, but they also had the weekly Sacrifice as That's well. Right. So, but what what's fascinated me is that they regarded this as sacred time. Yes, even though small, you know, morning and evening, that was a sacred appointment. That's Although right. it wasn't the Sabbath, yeah. it's still considered sacred. Just as the Sabbath was sacred as well. Yeah. And so I just love that, and we can see there also. Did you notice that daily worship is connected with the Sabbath as a basis for our spiritual lives? Mm. In addition, doesn't it, doesn't it make it clear that it has to do with the daily surrender to Jesus? who has invited us through the Holy Spirit to live in us. Yes. He's invited us to come and ask him in the morning, fill with the Holy Spirit, time of surrendering God to repent of your sins in the morning. And God delights in that, just as Mm. he delighted in Israel when they did that morning and evening. And also they did it weekly as well Yes, on the Sabbath. You can see that. And so the question I want to ask you is, have you made the most important spiritual principle your own? Mm. I mean, what God's asking us or desiring of us is to give him priority over everything every day. Yes. And I love what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Right. So the kingdom of God is when you have Christ in your heart right now. Yes. Jesus says the kingdom of God has come to you right now. They had Jesus with them right now, didn't they? They did. Right there with him. And we can have Jesus in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God in our hearts. Mm. And this is why we need to daily surrender and to daily ask for the Holy Spirit during our worship time. The decisive moment will be when we stand before God. Did we have the saving personal relationship with Jesus? And did we not only receive Jesus, did we stay in Jesus or abide in Jesus? 
We can read that in John chapter 15, verse 1 to 17, mm. where it talks about abiding in Jesus and him abiding in you. That's right. Him being the vine and us being the branches. That's right. And I, I think we all, all long for a greater fulfillment of our faith. Mm. And I guess, you know, if we spend little or no quiet time with God, We'll only have an inadequate worship time. We'll probably only be strengthened by their worship once, twice a week. Most people maybe only spend once a week mm. with God. Um, but a true relationship is a daily relationship. When we look at it in our own family. Yes. You know, with our own wives, for my own wife. It's a daily commun- communion with my wife. Yes. If I only saw my wife once a week, I don't think that would be a great relationship. No, it won't. It's not what I desire. No. I know it's not what she desires. And... It's a daily relationship where we see each other daily and spend time with each other daily and and weekly as well. Mm. God's saying, I want to spend time daily with you. And so um, we know that we need to spend time constantly. And it's similar to someone eating once a week, isn't it? That's right. You know, if you just went to church once a week, just think about just if you only ate once a week. Mm. Are you going to be spiritually filled once a week? Well, you, you'll you'll have a spiritual high just very briefly because that will obviously sustain you for that period of time straight afterwards. But after that, you'll become very weak, won't you? And in a spiritual sense, you will you will be anorexic, tired, worn out, and there won't be a good relationship That's with right. the Lord at all. So similar to someone only eating once a week, we made that comparison. Wouldn't it be absurd to only want to nourish yourself once a week? Mm. So doesn't this mean that a Christian without worship is carnal? That's true. Yeah. And so in order that we may have the righteousness of Christ, we need daily to be transformed by the influence to be partakers of the divine yes, nature. That is so true. Yeah. This also means that if, we, that if we stay in this condition, then we mightn't be saved because, let's be honest, Jesus says what to the foolish virgins in Matthew chapter 25? Did they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? No, not fully because they didn't have the – or they, they initially did. Yes, they did. Initially did, but then what happened is they weren't sustained. They weren't daily filled with the Holy Spirit. They weren't daily ab- uh, Jesus abiding, abiding in them yes. and then abiding with him. They thought they had mm. enough initially at the beginning of their journey. They didn't have enough oil for the remainder of their journey. That's it was right. the daily one. Mm. So years ago, there was this book by Jim Voss. It was called I Was a Gangster. Now, he was a criminal who became converted. And he wholeheartedly confessed his sins. For example, he confessed of perjury, theft, and all these other sins. And he experienced tremendous divine intervention. And this impressed me. And, uh, and, uh, and Helbert said to himself, I'm doing fine in almost every way, but I don't have the experiences like that. And then Helmut prayed to the Lord, Father in heaven, I also want to confess all my known sins and all the sins that you will let me show me. In addition, I'll get up an hour early to pray and read the Bible. Then I want to see if you will also intervene in my life. So Helmut Helbel took this. And yeah. I know that's what I did about nine years ago. My first uh, probably, well, yeah, probably first 12 or 13 years as a Christian is that I wasn't a daily abiding in Christ and Christ abiding me. There was the weekly, you know, going to church once a week. There was the occasional, mm. all right? But there wasn't a daily. And I remember when I started the pro- this process of, you know, just as Helmut Horbill says, he'd started doing something daily. Yes. Daily spending time in prayer and in God's word to ask Jesus to fill us with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized daily with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus to abide in me and to abide in him. And I love what, what happened to um, Helmut. He said, praise God, he intervened in my life. Mm. Since then, especially by morning worship in connection with the Sabbath, has become the basis of my life with God. 
And the same thing happened to me. When I started daily abiding in Jesus and asking Jesus to daily abide in him with me through his word yes. and in prayer and in witnessing, what happened is everything changed. Mm. Everything changed. My spiritual life changed. There were The fruits of the Spirit was started seeing more and more in my life. I started being more and more witnessing to people. I couldn't help it because if Jesus is living in you, he will seek out to do the same works as he did when he was on this earth. According to John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus says, the same works as I do, you will do. Yes. And the way you, reason why you will do the same works as Jesus is because Jesus is abiding in you. Mm. So if you're not doing the same works as Jesus, you know, then ask Jesus to abide in you daily and see what happens. That's right. Well, I can attest to exactly the same experience, Colin. Uh, um, I was a different person once the Lord came into my life and I was spending that first moments in the morning with him through prayer and spending time in his word. And sometimes when the wheels fall off and go, I thought I'd obtained the victory over this thing. How come it's plaguing me now? How come I fall into this temptation? Mm. And if I've analyzed it, I realize, oh, that morning devotion was just a very brief thing because I was running late or I'd slept mm. in or whatever it might have been. And the time with the Lord, that first time commitment with the Lord hasn't been there. Seek so, so ye the kingdom of God first. First, Wasn't that's it? right. Yes, so first I, neglect, thing in the I neglected that first thing in the morning. Yes. You know, and uh, that comment about through daily surrender and through being daily filled with the Holy Ghost, our lives are beneficially changed. And this happens during our personal worship time. That is a beautiful statement. Our personal worship time in the morning, first thing, sets us up for the rest of the day. Wow. Mm. Wow. And so he said his life changed by morning and more connection with God. And um, so we also look at worship in spirit and truth. Yes. Worship in tr- spirit and truth. And we know that God's last message to humanity, it has to do with worshiping the Creator in contrast to worshiping the beast. That's right. We can read that in jo- Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to 12. Mm. Where it talks about the outward sign of worship is the Sabbath or worshiping the Creator. Yes. Because it says, Worship him who made the heavens and earth, the mm. seas and springs, which is a direct reference to the commandment in the fourth commandment of keeping the Sabbath day holy, worship the Creator in the heavens and earth. That's right. And so the inner, inner attitude of worship is shown in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So what does to worship in spirit mean? Well, what it means is to worship consciously, but also to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm, Amen. To worship in truth means living in complete surrender to Jesus, who is the truth in person. Jesus says, I am the truth. Yes. And John chapter 14, verse 6. And it means through the indwelling of Jesus to live a to live a life according to God's word and directives because he also said your word is truth mm. in John chapter 17 verse 17 it says your word is truth so Jesus is the truth and God's word is the truth and so also in Psalm chapter 119 uh, verse, verses 142 it says your law is truth mm. if we don't have real worship now then aren't we in danger of failing at the critical moment this will be the big problem for all the carnal Christians when the time of trouble or the final crisis comes, is they haven't had a daily relationship with Jesus, him abiding in them and them abiding in them, being filled with the Spirit, and then Jesus comes and he says, I don't know you. Yes. And I think we all want to make progress with God's help and to grow in that knowledge. And it may be that the following false belief was a hindrance for some in moving forward. You know, some people think they are filled with the Holy Ghost because they are baptized. You know, some people say, mm. well, I was baptized. Yeah. 
20 years ago. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And thus everything is okay. And they don't need to do anything more. But I love what D. L. Moody, when he commented on this, what did he say? He said, many think that because they were filled once that they are filled forever. Oh, my friend, we are poorest vessels. It is necessary for us to constantly remain under the fountain in order to be full. Wow. And Joseph Hay Wagner said these words, In all cases where baptism is seen as proof of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the repentant sinner is lulled into carnal security. Mm. He solely trusts on his baptism as a sign of God's grace. Baptism and not the spirit in his heart will be the sign of his testimony. Mm. Wow. And that's from D.L. Moody. They found the secret on page 85 and 86. And also from Joseph H. Wagner, the spirit of God um, as well. And so baptism is definitely a significant decision. And this corresponds to God's will. It has and will keep its great significance. But we shouldn't look back to an event in the past as proof that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, we should know now and experience now that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right. Well, dear listener, we're just going to give you our contact details to you. And if you want to know where you can download this beautiful book, Steps to Personal Revival, you can probably just go into any search engine like Google and type in Steps to Personal Revival by Helmut Horbel, and you'll find a PDF version you can download for free. Or you're welcome to contact us on these details. Thank you for joining us on You Shall Receive Power. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249-73-3456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. And as we wrap it up, Colin, we're talking about why just a baptism when we were converted isn't enough. Why do we need daily baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, when we look at God's word, some people receive the Holy Spirit before they were baptized. For example, Cornelius and his household um, and Saul as Mm. well, or Paul. Others receive the Holy Ghost after they were baptized. For example, the Samaritans or the 12 men in Ephesus. Yes. But it's all the same if a person received the Holy Ghost before, at, or after baptism. What matters is that we receive the Holy Ghost at some time and that we have him in our hearts now. Mm. It isn't a crucial what happened in the past, but rather now things are happening today. And I want you to remind you again, we received our physical life at birth, didn't we? That's right. Our life is maintained by daily food, drink, exercise, sleep, etc. Otherwise, we wouldn't live very long. Mm. Same laws apply to our spiritual lives as our physical lives. We receive new life through the Holy Spirit, namely when we completely surrender ourselves to Jesus Our spiritual life is maintained through the Holy Spirit, through prayer and the Word of God, etc. And Ellen White said these words, The natural life is preserved moment by moment by divine power, yet is not sustained by a direct miracle, but through the use of blessings placed within our reach. So the spiritual life is sustained by the use of the means that providence has supplied. Mm. Neither the physical nor the spiritual life remain automatically in us. Okay. It is necessary to use the means that God has provided for us. This means when we are born again, the Holy Ghost is given to us to stay. But in order for him to stay, it depends on upon our daily use of that means, mm. which the Lord has provided for us. What result can we expect if we don't use the means? Well, the Holy Ghost is the most important of all these means. In addition, prayer is very important. Yes, Being connected to God through his word, taking part in the worship service and other things. 
And I think we can agree that, as a rule, it's also necessary to daily care for the inner person. If we don't do it, then we'll experience regrettable consequences. We can neither eat ahead nor can we stock up the Holy Ghost. God does not bestow help for tomorrow. I think it's reasonably clear that daily surrender to Jesus is necessary and that we should be daily invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. Right. Dear listener, we pray that you would also invite the Holy Spirit into your lives on a daily basis. Make that your first work in the morning. May God bless you until we meet again next time. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.